This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. So we're doing the pod a day late. I know you guys are all clamoring for it. Actually, nobody complained. Usually... Usually people are like, where's the pod? Where's the pod? Nobody, not a single person asked me today. But there's a reason the pod is a day late, and uh, why don't you explain? Yeah, that's, uh, it's on me. I had a family emergency this week, uh, Monday morning. Um, I, found, I got a call, and it was uh, my mom was, was prepping for a different operation and had been fasting and um, taking some, some other medication and apparently had some sort of adverse effect. And she uh, got completely disoriented and, and lost her memory and, and forgot what year it was, forgot that my dad had died and had to be admitted to the, to the ER. And um, it's unclear if she suffered a mini stroke and, and had an MRI and, and all kinds of tests. And it was extremely scary for, for a day there. I was, in, it was really, you know, it was unclear if I was even going to get to talk to her again. So I had to drive out of town and she, um, it was, it turned out to be just that a scare. I mean, there will be some results. We're still waiting for better answers, but um, she's, her memory is back and she's back to her old self. So, um, so yeah, so that's what I've been dealing with this week. So it's certainly a different one than my normal uh, football weekly routine. I'm, I'm way off here. If you take medication and you're fasting and your blood sugar is low, your brain doesn't function properly. It might not be like a permanent thing. You know, it's just like anybody, even like a younger person could be totally disoriented under the circumstances. Yeah, that's, that is the hope, uh, for sure. And she, uh, yeah. So, so that, that was definitely, uh, you know, a, a scare. There's no, no doubt about it. And I was, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a uh, last week I'm bitching and complaining about dumb sports things and then real life hits you and it's hit me a couple times the last few years. And I'm like, not again, man. And, uh, honestly it's like Clay Thompson tearing his Achilles and I'm like, you know what? whatever, you know, it's sports, you know, before I just be devastated off that, but it puts things in perspective. So, uh, thanks for putting up with putting the, putting the pot off a day and, and rearranging the time as well too. I'm doing a Yahoo pod after this too. So you definitely rearrange your life. I appreciate it. And, um, yeah, so I, I hopefully it was just a scare and, and everything, everything is good, but yeah. How was your week been? <laughs> Real man would have forced you to do the pod from the hospital and been totally inflexible in this situation. So that was another tough thing, just real quick, is, is I drove two, two, two hours where she was, but I could not see her because of COVID. You could not get inside the hospital. So, so that part definitely sucked because of the, you know, the world we live in. And, and hopefully so, she didn't go to the hospital and get, get the damn thing by being around people. But, but that's another thing. Right. Well, so the other thing is, like, so did you see her at all on the whole trip? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we got her. She got oh. we got her out. She, oh, okay. She was released like thirty six hours later, and we got her. And we made her. We, she stayed. I stayed a night with her where we were, and then now she's back back home, and everything everything's good. But yes, yes. Okay. But for you know, for twenty four hours, I was there, but I couldn't. I couldn't go physically see her. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. Anyway, how you been, man? How you how you doing? I mean, personally, everything is good with me. Like everything's going well in my life. Obviously, Bitcoin is cracked 18. It's like toggling between high 17s, low 18s, last day or two. That's good. Everything's fine. My family, although Sasha, I don't want to throw her under the bus, but I'm not sure. But she, she basically, she injured her leg on the beach with her friend. She was like running and she ended up doing sort of an involuntary split. And she cried and she's not a wimp. Like she doesn't cry that often when she gets hurt. And so she like tore a muscle or something. But, you know, she's a kid. She's eight. So we were kind of like, okay, well, it sucks. I'm sorry you're hurt. And then she was like running on it. And then she'd complain at night that she couldn't sleep because it was so painful. But then she'd be like running on it. And I'd be like yelling at her, like, stop running on it. Stop jumping. Like, you're making it worse. Just let it chill out. But then every night she'd cry about it. 
And so finally we took her to a doctor and she did an x-ray. He's like, I don't really see anything wrong. He's like, this happens to kids all the time. Just gotta, it'll heal. She has to stay off of it, but it's gotten worse. And she's like hobbling around and we're not sure. She doesn't listen to this, thankfully, but you know, like we got this dog and you know, she's an only child and the dog's a puppy and the dog gets a lot of attention, especially from Heather. Oh, and I see then, where you're going. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I, we don't know. I mean, I don't want to say. I mean, but she's in pain. Like she's like really like she, we got her a crutch that we gave to uh, one of her friends when he hurt his foot. So we got the crutch back, and mm-hmm. now she's ha- she like really wanted the crutch, and uh, and so well, yeah, an only child lost all the attention. Exactly, it's like having a sibling. But she, you know, she's been eight, so she's never had any of that yeah. divided. You know, this like cute puppy that gets all the attention. She doesn't even like him anymore. I mean, she does, but like she, she plays with him. But she's, she was the one who was begging for him. You know, now we, we're sentenced to 15 years of this puppy. You know, now we have, we can't get out of this thing. You know, Heather and me are like trying to train him. He's like still pooping in the house because we're in an apartment. We're on the second floor. It's like third floor, yeah. really, for the U.S. And it's called the second floor here because the first floor is zero in Portugal. Oh, so it's, so it's like, so it's, you know, it's, it's hard to get him out in time and I do it in the morning, but it's kind of unpredictable. I'll take him in the afternoon for like 35, 40 minutes, an hour. Sometimes he won't go and then he'll get back and just do it in the house. His uh, poops are like so hard and not disgusting at all. You can like just take a paper towel and pick him up, throw him out. It's like a rock because we feed him only this raw meat and like this really good diet from the special raw place. meat it's is like, really the only thing you just your raw, raw like meat shit. raw meat with like there's like a teeny bit of chopped up like sweet potato in it and oh that is legit you did what do you get where do you get it from a local butcher you're saying no we get it from this place called dog's wish in uh lisbon which is like supposedly it's all organic and stuff you know, he, he eats well you know and he's yeah no we spend a ton of dog uh, amount of money on on the dog food for our dog who has she our dog tore her acl so good luck if your daughter really did keeping the kid from running like we tried to keep a puppy off it yeah that was difficult it, it yeah, did happen, but, but so, that's funny though that's next level though getting actual raw steak raw, raw steak meat yeah, i appreciate so, it so he's got like a he's handsome his coat is good you know he's doing well but you know, it's like he's a pain in the ass. He whines, and I think Heather caves into him too much. I don't know. I mean, she's doing a lot of most of the work. I'd say she's like sixty five, thirty five. Her, so I can't complain too much. But I'm like, he whines and he gets his way, and then I think she, I don't. I'm not going to say it's because of that. I do, she did hurt her leg, and she doesn't like complain about stuff too much. But you know, we don't know how much what's what. You know, because we went to the doctor, so we're taking to her physical therapist tomorrow and like seeing if she can do some exercises. And also to get like a second opinion of like, is there anything that we're missing that, you know, maybe it is serious, you know, maybe we're just being like terrible parents and being like, ah, you're fine, you know, but we don't know. We don't know for sure. But we had an x-ray and nothing, nothing was amiss, but she's in apparently a lot of pain. So, uh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. You'll probably figure that one out soon enough, you know, of how real it is. Right. You know, I don't know how long she could. Yeah, I'm not keep like, it's not, keep, it's not causing me stress. Her, she's in good spirits. She's not like. Right. You know, right. she's fine. But anyway, so there's that going on. But, you know, other than that kind of smaller stuff for now, nothing in my life is, is going wrong. But I feel very anxious about the environment that we're in. Like, very anxious. I, I You know, I was talking about it last week, some of the uh, things coming up. And I just, I just feel it like a noose tightening. You know, just the lies and just the people going along with it. And you realize, like, in history, you think about, like, the Dark Ages and religion and how could they just believe what the church said? And like, how did they burn those witches? Cause what, how would people do something like that? Or how could they not just believe in reason and science? And they just believe what the church said. Like how it's so crazy, but like, then you see it happening in real time and you're like, man, people are people like this historical stuff that we read about is not, it's not history. You know, it's just human nature. And I just, I just see it like this. I feel like we're in a giant psyop. I feel like it's, I don't know. We talked about it last week. I don't want to rehash the whole thing, but I, but I really feel like these utilitarian globalists are a dangerous bunch. Like we, we escape from assuming the, the election holds and we'll see. I don't think Rudy Giuliani looks like a nut job. Is, is, is that the best you could do for your lawyer? If you, you want to make claims of election fraud and you, you put, crazy Rudy out there. I mean, you can't get a professional really. You're There's the pictures of him today, like sweating. And oh, I guess like he blood. Has, like, it's like stuff blood. on his yeah. hair, like hair color stuff is like going down his face. I think it's like hair dye. Yeah. It's it looks like, like, bl- blood. It looks like blood is coming. Up. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a kook, you know? And it's like, I don't know. I think the Democrats would do it. I think they 
definitely motivated. I think the mail-in ballots make it possible to do it. But if you're going to mount any kind of challenge, you got to go with a professional. You have to have somebody, maybe nobody respectable would do it. But I would think the President of the United States, someone was going to do it. And to have Rudy, I think he probably is so paranoid at this point, he doesn't trust anybody, maybe, except Rudy. But, oh, my God. Yeah, I know. When I heard that, yeah, I know that was. You can't do that. I mean, if you want to make a case, you got to make a real case. You got to be persuasive. It's all about persuasion at this point. So I don't know. I mean, I know most people think he's like a a kind of a, you know, a a joke to be a part of that inner circle to begin with. And then him putting it all on his shoulders. uh, I don't see how that ending well for Trump. It's weird, though. You know, a lot of older people look back like at the people who were important in their heyday and they they overrate Mm. them. In 2001, when Rudy was down in 9-11 as mayor, and everyone loved Rudy for that, and he just couldn't stop talking about that for like 20 years, about, oh, you know, 9-11, when I, you know, George Bush is hiding out in his Air Force One flying around, Cheney's in his bunker, and Rudy's like at ground zero walking around. You know, he was like a hero for like a minute. And so Rudy was this important person. Right. And he doesn't realize like how crazy and a clown Rudy is. I don't know. I don't want to analyze them. But, but the point is like, if you're going to mount a challenge like that is you need a professional in there and it just makes you very dubious of the whole enterprise. I know everyone's like totally dubious, but I feel like I just, I don't want to, you know, I had a whole thread today. I'm not going to even watch. Yeah. I was going to say, that's what I was going to bring up. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. But, whole thread. But, but that was bad. That that's not a, that's not a legitimate, that's not a legitimate operation of Rudy's running. It's not legitimate. Even if, even if there is evidence they found, I, I don't want to get into the specifics because, you know, well, he said this. No, that's been debunked. No, that's actually been debunked. No, that's been debunked. I mean, there's just no, there's no end to that rap, that, that's not a rabbit hole. There's no end to that sort of black hole of not believing each other's sources and question, you know, that, forget about that. It's just sort of like you've got a case to make. It's plausible to me that they would cheat and that they had the opportunity to cheat, but you, but you got to show somehow that there was cheating and you got, and it's not about sort of, and there probably was cheating and there's probably been cheating in every single election we've ever had, but you have to show it in a convincing way that's persuasive and it's going to move the needle and make people say, Whoa, this is total bullshit. And just the the guy you're choosing is super important, at least it would seem. And that's sort of like dead on arrival. You know, it's like showing up dead on arrival. So, okay, but whatever, who cares? Nope. That's, not, that's not what's making me anxious. That's just sort of a sideshow. That's not very important. I kind of feel like, so they get rid of Trump, right? Assuming this happens, maybe they'll find something, but it seems less and less likely. And you're getting rid of this sort of gangster guy who he runs like, yeah, I'm the man and, you know, look what I can do for you. Look what I did for them. You know, they brag, he brags about what he does and he's like, oh, and I, I'm the one who got peace in the Middle East and we get, you know, he's just, look at all I've done for these people and those people. Black people have more jobs. He just says stuff like that all the time. Just claims all his successes. Okay, so you've got this sort of like guy who runs the country like he's a mob boss or something. You know, he's, you know, he's like the man. You know, he's like a character. But he, okay, so you get rid of that. There's corruption involved in a in a mob operation. Obviously, it's it's not professional. But what are we replacing it with? And I feel like we're replacing it with utilitarian globalists. And Biden, Kamala, they're just they're just the face. They're not important like who they are. It's the utilitarian globalists. And to me, that's just terrifying. It's the people who are going to say, well, you know, we just, it's just too dangerous to have people tweeting stuff that that's just not true. And we don't think this is true and we can't really have this. So we're going to deplatform them. And rights are important, obviously, and you don't have to do anything, but let's just think about what's better for the collective good. Optimize. Let's optimize our algorithm, our, per- our people algorithm, our behavior algorithm for the collective good. I don't want to throw out words like communism, socialism. Th- th- those miss the mark. Those are just like, those don't mean anything anymore. That's just some slur. They were calling Obama a communist. Like, so ridiculous. He was a corporatist. But it- it's-, it's like the idea of top down, we'll make the rules for everybody else. And that just, <laughs> that's exactly what we should not be doing. What we should be doing is letting people figure it out for themselves and just did you see that uh just sorry just you remind me of this real quick of trump about how he was apparently lied to about the amount of troops in syria did you see that oh that's that's like you're not the boss the military is not the boss the commander chief's the boss you may not respect him but he was voted in uh, and and they're bragging about it like of course we did he's hitler of course we're gonna lie to hitler about the troops what that's why i think that it's very plausible that they would cheat 
you know, how do yeah, you, all that makes sense. Right. It would make sense. It would be too unrealistic otherwise. And, yeah, and, all, and of all. course they really feel justified. It's going to be a contest of persuasion. Now, some people think it happened this way. Some people think it happened that way. The process is inauditable and you're going to have to make the case. And because one side kind of got the jump on, on it, they said, this is the total it's over then and and have the entire communication apparatus of the country mostly framing it as such as much as i'm skeptical and i live in my own sort of just first principles i know nothing i try to really don't buy into anything i'm still in a neoliberal world i still am surrounded by it and so my orientation is yeah it looks like he probably lost even though i'm like but i'm only finding that information out from partisans now, you don't know. How the hell do we know? We, we can't see the ballots. We don't know what's going on. But and I don't, I'm not saying I feel like he lost, like I know he lost the vote, the legitimate vote count. I'm just saying like in terms of he's losing the fight for the persuasion. Yeah, I stand in the same exact uh, stance there. The Giuliani thing, that was my first instinct, the same as yours. And uh, I'm even... Uh, I haven't followed my news like I have in this typical week, so I was hoping you'd inform me of some things. But where I last stood, uh, cue the joker, I'm as clueless as, as usual. But um, my last where I stood was uh, was exactly where you are, is a sense that there are probably some stuff going on, as there are in every election. And maybe there's even more so here, but I have just not seen any evidence conclusive enough to like point, point it there. And it just seems like we're headed one way, whether we like it or not. Right. So, I mean, I, that, that's what I, I mean. I think... There may or may not. I've seen lots of evidence, alleged evidence. Like I've, I've seen, I've heard lots of things alleged, and then I seen that those things have been debunked by others, and I don't trust either account. So I just don't know what's what. So for me, it doesn't even come down to that. I don't even care. I don't want to get into that because I'm not the guy examining the forensics. You know what I mean? I'm not mm-hmm. the CSI guy looking at the blood marks, the blood spatter, and telling you what actually happened because that's just not – I don't have the expertise. Some statistician guy, some you know, witnesses, people like that are going to have to get into the – and courts are going to have to sort it out with people like that. That's, you know, that's their job. But for me, it's just going to be who's making them stronger case – so that people will accept the result. And in my world, which I'm not in sort of the Trump world very much, uh, in my world, it's almost like, and this is also part of the PSYOP, though, like it's not even okay to question it. Like if you were like, I don't know, maybe Trump did win. We've got to count, you know, got to recount. They'd be like, are you (laughs) crazy? Are you insane? And, And to me, that's not okay because they had the motive, there was an opportunity. We know elections probably had fraud in the past. We don't know exactly. This is the most inaudible one because of the mail-ins. You should question it. It's like those, you know, those, this huge podcast the last few years about these murder mysteries. And like nobody knew exactly whether the guy did it. You know, I, you watch those things. You listen to those. Yeah. Things. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a sucker for those. Yeah. Right. And like in the end, I think a lot of them, like you don't really know, right? It seems like a slam dunk case, but then you start to dig into it and you're like, I don't know. Maybe he didn't do it. Right. And at the end, you're like, I don't really know. That's how I feel. Like, I just feel like it's one of those and you're not going to get an answer, but people are just going to believe it and move on. Yeah, that is what is going to happen. It almost certainly seems that way. And you had me thinking about where we're getting the news from. uh, And you also talk about what you're doing with Sasha, starting her own site. Yeah, so this is just kind of random. But she was like, "How do I want to have a website? How do you build a website? And I was like, well, you got to get a URL first, you know, a web address. So I'm like, yeah. And she's like, well, how do you do that? I'm like, oh, you got to buy one. You know, like, how much is it? I'm like, "Ah, it's like four, eight euros. It was like eight euros. So you bought one. And it was like, then you got to get a platform like WordPress or Weebly or one of those. And then you got to start and you put whatever you want on it. So we started doing it. We bought her one and, and she's kind of into it. And, and then she was like asking about it every second. I was like, ah, oh, this is so annoying. First of all, second of all, I don't want her to be online. I got her a Raspberry Pi computer. I don't want her to be like on the internet. I just wanted her to like do mm-hmm. some programming, although it's kind of hard to do without being online. <laughs> and then like she wrote a story, like all this stuff. I started thinking about it and I was like, maybe I just made a huge error. Like now she's online. She's eight. But I was like, you know what? If she puts her own photos up there, and I might get her a camera, like not a phone, but like an actual just camera that connects to the internet. So it's just not a 
literally like it seems cool that your phone does everything that's also a camera but sometimes you just want a camera so she could take pictures without using a, an actual phone and then upload them and, and show them off to her friends you know she's got a website and then if let's say like all her friends say chloe had it not that she knows chloe but you know all her friends here had it or all chloe's friends had it, and chloe had a website and they'd put stuff they'd write stuff they'd do a picture of some art they worked on they'd do a video of their baseball game they'd put up their photos and they'd send them to their friends or they'd rss feed you know people could sign up for an rss feed of the stuff they posted and like you'd you'd basically be insourcing social media instead of like outsourcing to instagram where there's an algorithm that hooks you and keeps showing you more and more shit and advertisements and exploiting you you pay like two bucks a month and eight bucks a year and not only do you learn to curate a website which is a valuable skill but and, and to create stuff but you bat, you insource online social interactions when we used to outsource it because it's become cheaper and easier than ever. No, it's a great idea. Yeah, I've not even thought of it for the, for kids. It's it's great. I want to let me know how 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 it grows. How yeah, it goes. I mean it's probably going to go slow for a couple of years, but then I, I want to make it a substitute for that because you're not going to be able to avoid social online interaction. So this might be sort of a way out. And so, you know, insourcing, you know, what are we going to insource now? You know, we insource, you can insource school, you can homeschool, right? You're like, ah, eh, well, the school's not teaching them much, and I don't like the message they're sending. Okay, I'm going to insource this, I'll homeschool. That's like a bigger discussion. And when that even right. becomes a discussion, it's only possible, I mean, it's possible before, but it's much more possible because the web, like I can look up calculus or algebra or geometry, I can like print out for free, like all sorts of lessons. It's way easier to homeschool. So real school then becomes, wait, are we just doing this out of habit and convenience? Like, we don't have to do this anymore. And then the other one is, you know, social media. Like, we don't, do we really need to be on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook? Why can't we just sort of have our own URLs and set up sort of a network between them? Hmm. And then finally, the big one is money, right? Like, it used to be like you would... You'd make some money, and then you like, uh oh, I've got some gold. You know, okay, we we had beads and whatever and shells, and we're like, okay, gold. This is like the least counterfeitable money. It's durable. It's but then like you had to store it, and you're worried about people breaking in, and then if you had to buy something, it was very hard to divide, and you had to make sure it was real. It was like a, a lot of pain in the ass about gold. So you'd, you'd have a bank hold it, and eventually the banks issued notes, you know, that were backed by the gold. And then eventually we have a central bank that issued, you know, currency backed by the gold. And it's all much easier. Like you don't want to deal with like all the hassles of having the money yourself. Keep it in a bank, and you don't have all your money at your house. But then, like eventually, like now we start wars because countries can print money and, and pay arms contract. You know, I mean, like in Game of Thrones, they had to go to the Iron Bank and basically pitch them to give them a loan for a war. You owed money if you actually had to pay that shit back. It wasn't like a trivial thing to go to war. You, they were like, Stannis had to go to the Iron Bank and like ask them. He wanted, you know, right. he had to pitch his cause. Like it was like a business meeting. And, you know, but with printable currency, you just borrow and go into debt. And of course, you're going to have moral hazard from these politicians who were like greasing the palms of the weapons industry and the oil industry and keeping the petrodollar. You know, I mean, all these reasons. I mean, it's. Well, now, you know, Bitcoin's like, well, why are we outsourcing the money now that we have a way to secure it, to send it, to keep track of it? And we don't need to keep our gold, you know, transport it. We don't need to keep gold in a safe or in the closet somewhere. And we, we can cut, you know, we don't have to verify it. We don't have, we can cut it into a millionth of a Bitcoin, hundred millionth of a Bitcoin. So it's... It's well, you have me like Fight Club, like the first rule is not to talk about uh, talk about it. You got me, uh, uh, but yeah, can we say it's, it's this is it, man? The bull run starting, it's going to the moon, or what? I mean, fired I, up this or what? Uh, no, I, mean, I think you know we don't know short term anything can happen in the next month or two or whatever. But I think this is it. I mean, I, I don't know if it's it. There may be one more round of this. Maybe it. I mean, what happens when Apple says, "Look, this cash is evaporating. I need to put the twenty, thirty, forty billion." into it what happens when a billionaire says i just need to put a billion into it there's not going to be supply there for people the hodlers aren't going to sell people think oh yeah the price is eighteen thousand. so if you have a billion you can get x oh really the price is eighteen thousand for the traders you know who are selling like the marginal last five thousand that are available on the market once those guys sell and they'll keep going up as they you know there's less and less how much is the hodler going to sell for 
50? Nah, I'm going to hold on when it's at 50. 100? Nah, I think it might go to a million. See what I mean? Like, they're not going to sell. So you think there's all this supply to buy, but the supply at the current market price is not, the, is not actually the real price. It's only the price for like this little bit that's available, the liquid amount. Right. And that's before the next halving and all that, too. And it's finite amount to begin with. So fixed amount. So that's, yes, that's exciting. And, and you see that there's some concern about if this does become too much of a, of a threat, you know, the government may step in and ban it. And then just Jack Dorsey responded with a nope or something on it. That made me oh, feel better. Right, Dalio. Dalio. That guy. Yes, that the, guy. The yes, reason you guy. can still buy Bitcoin as cheaply as you can now is because of the Ray Dalios. Because I, I read this other guy. The hedge eye guys, that Keith McCulloch guy, and then he retweeted some other dude an article, and he's like, "Oh, you know, it already forked once to Bitcoin Cash, and forks are a risk and stuff." And it's like all the stuff that everybody who pays attention knows is not the issue at all, not one bit. They're they're citing as reasons not to buy it. And again, it's like the Tesla thing. I shorted Tesla, and I didn't really know. I was just like, ah, "I went up really fast. I just think, come on, it's it's going to drop again." Okay, 900, that's enough. I'm, I'm shorting. And I don't know enough to say that was wrong, except that it was wrong based on you know, losing all my money on it. But it wasn't shorting, but buying a put. Process. Right. Process. Right. No, no, it was, it was bad process because it was that error of thinking, well, things that go up right. this fast yeah. are like tulips or like bubbles. And so I, you know, I'm going to just, now that's going up, I'm just going to short without really digging into the underlying not just fundamentals like price to earnings, but like what this thing is. And you see people who are widely followed. You know, Ray Dalio's got a huge following, and this other smaller following guy, but he had like 100,000 followers, this guy, tweeting an article out that he wrote that was so bad, stuff that I'd read that I'd figured out four years ago, and being like, ah, oh, dude, like, you know, this is why it's still cheap because there's people like you out here that don't know. And that you're opining on this stuff. It's weird. It's like a weird thing. I mean, maybe I'm totally wrong and there's something I'm totally missing, but the, the stuff that they're saying is like, oh, no, no, that was addressed. That's been addressed. That's handled. No, no, it doesn't work the way you're saying it works. That's totally wrong. And they're just opining to like a, a large audience about it. Yeah, well, I mean, it is still the very beginning, and I mean, it is still a niche thing, even though it's become bigger in our world. But yeah, it's still, uh, yeah, that's funny, though. When you hear arguments like that, well, it makes you obviously feel better then. It's not even a threat. You know, it's just dismissible. But you, right, but the, it makes you feel even better than that, because it's not just that the argument that they're using against it is, doesn't make any sense, but that because people are listening to them, you're like, how is not everyone not in this, at least a little bit? And you're like, oh, because yeah. of people like this. <laughs> Some people doing the, yeah, right, throwing right. the shade. Yeah. You know, it's, and so that's, that's really bullish in a way because it's like, okay, well, they're keeping the price down until the next billionaire, which any minute, you know, someone's going to go in big. And, and, and that's what Michael Saylor said to Keith. Uh, Saylor was, was insulted at Trudeau's. Uh, he's like, really, I'm insulted that he did that because that's like, what, 1%? Talk to me when you get serious is what Saylor said. Sorry, he did. I, I like that. Uh, Keith McCulloch, though, he, he said, he said, you know, what's going to happen to all your models? Quad this and quad that. When a couple of billionaires just say, "I want to have ten percent of my wealth in this as a hedge," I mean, it's game over. Who cares what quad it is? Just, you see what I mean? Like, you have to understand the supply is finite. There's not that much of this stuff. A bunch of billionaires go in. As I said, like the, the stuff that's available for eighteen is just the very marginal stuff. It's just the weakest hands. It's just the traders who were bought in at 17.5 and they're going to sell at 18. <laughs> there's not that many of them. You know, there's a lot of people who bought in at various points and they're like, okay, this is for my kids. And if I have to borrow against it in fiat later to buy a house, I'll borrow against it. Never selling. Never, ever, ever. And good luck trying to acquire some. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I... Woe to you if you're if you're too late. I mean, it's just kind of crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's exciting times, man. It's, it's exciting. Uh, but so that is the the positive. I don't want to dwell on the negative too much. That's positive. And you know, I think we need to start insourcing things. You know, don't put your kid on Instagram. Don't put. You know, I got to get off Twitter. I'm only on it because of Roadwire. Like, I really think like if it were just me, I would probably just start collecting emails and doing peer-to-peer, you know, and just, uh, 
and just be like, okay, whoever values this account, I'm not going to give it up to Twitter anymore. Maybe I'd keep the account and tweet, you know, once a week just to like put something out there a couple times a week. But, um, but the best stuff would be personal and you would get it directly and I would insource it, you know, from, from my own ownership, something I owned myself. I mean, RotoWire we own, right? It's like, it's something that it's not, it's not like social media. So no, it's a great idea. It's a great idea. Let me know how it goes. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, no, it makes a ton of sense. I'm just, but I'm anxious because I, I, the authoritarianism is just out of control. Like the way that people want to control other people and COVID is just, you know, one more excuse and, and the second wave and the economy. Okay. So you have the second wave and then like, you know, I've been, I follow some guys some financial guys and they're like the charts and shit, who cares? But it's the tweets like this that really get me. They're like, yeah, I just flew in from Orlando and the airport was deserted. Like the restaurants were empty. The parking lot was empty. You know, the hotel had like three people in it. I mean, that's the shit that's, you can't just, that, you know, they, they printed a bunch of money or they loaned a bunch of money, which just got them even deeper debt, a lot of these companies and corporations. But like, what's going to happen in the winter when like these businesses now had a second wave of absolute no business for a long time? I don't know, man. I'm not making any like I I don't know what the stock market is anymore. It's like a it's something else. It's just its own thing. I wouldn't touch it. I'm not going to short it. I'm not going to long it. I just I don't want anything to do with it. But it's a it's kind of a scary thing. That's why in the short term I'm not that po- positive. Bitcoin's going. I think some more people get in and it probably will go up. But like there may be a little bit of a deflationary oh yeah span, span oh. when everybody's just like hoarding money and being like holy shit like there's no business here. Yeah, you know, like <clears throat> toilet paper is going off the shelves right now, and uh, supplies are, are diminishing. So people are bracing for for something. So um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen next. But yeah, there are a lot of things that we'll, we'll see. Yeah, like like yeah, winter restaurants, a um, lot of lot of tough industries. And and I, I know some of the I don't know. What are your thoughts on COVID? Like so, uh, the numbers are seemingly shooting through the roof. Um, I know some of that has to do with like hospital hospitals are, are changing their. Um, there, there are qualifications for, for people entering. So that's kind of messed with the numbers too. But, uh, man, it's, uh, it seems like the second wave is a, is a real thing. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's increasing definitely. Yeah. It's at huge. least the amount of infections. It's huge in Portugal and there's more deaths here. I mean, there's like 75 a day when there was like two a day in June, you know, so it's like 75 a day. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. And so okay. we have these now new, it's not a locked, well, there's kind of a lockdown after 1 PM on weekends, you had to be home. Which oh, okay. I, don't, I don't like it. I mean, I have the dogs. I can walk the dog, walk Oscar, uh, get out. Dog's a freedom ticket. Anyway. Um, football? Uh, I got, well, I got two other things. Let's do them. So, so I watched uh, Queen's Gambit, all of it. Did you see it yet? Not yet. Okay, so I won't give it away. I thought it was, it was good. Very stylish. The, uh, the girl in it, the woman in it is easy to look at. And it's very like '60s fashion, so she's always wearing these different clothes all the time, and it's beautifully photographed. It's like it's it's like Mad Men. It's stylish, like it, it looks good. Uh, I'd give it like a B plus. I thought like the 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 chest was cool, and it was a you know it's a good story. I won't give it away, but I give it like a B. That plus. sounds like my. Sounds like my wife's uh, review of it as well. Um, yeah, shame on me. I'm the one who hasn't watched the uh, the TV so, show on this podcast, but obviously I have an excuse this week, but I'll, I'll definitely binge that soon. So, but as a result, you know, I was, Sasha's been into chess and I, we bought this book, How to Beat Your Dad in Chess, and goes over all these mates and stuff, and like, she's into it. She's pretty good. And uh, so I was like, oh, you know, it was a Saturday and it's that curfew that we have. So I was like, all right, let's watch Searching for Bobby Fischer. It's a good chess movie about a kid. So we start watching oh, yeah. it, and I remembered it being good. That movie sucked. I mean, I, it was sucked. I mean, I was like taken aback because we watched Karate Kid. I talked about this like few, several months ago, and that was awesome. It was like he's getting beat up. He finds Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi's like, you got to fight back, but and he gets it into the tournament. You know, where it's still dangerous, but it's like, okay, it's a fair fight. You're not going to have a fair fight on the street or in this dojo. We got to go to the tournament. He trains him and he learns self-sufficiency and how to take care of it. It was a great message. It was like very good. And, and this was the opposite. And so I'm just going to say, so the kid, the little kid, he's like this, he find, they find out he's this like chess wizard. Cause he watches the, the guys playing in like Washington square park. 
And so they get him into tournaments and he starts crushing, but he's feeling kind of like bad for the other kids and sensitive. And then maybe his dad only loves him because he's good at chess because his dad keeps like pushing him. And at one point, uh, he, he loses like in the first round to some scrub kid and the mom, you know, and, and the dad's like, what's wrong with you? Like, what the hell, what the hell happened? You know? And the mom's like, you know, he's not ruthless and he, and his chess coach is trying to get him to be more ruthless. In the end, he faces like the ruthless kid who's just been trained like the Drago kid, you know, whatever. There's always that Drago type and he beats him at the end, but he's, he sees it. He's, he, there's a point where he sees the, the moves he needs to make and he offers the kid a draw. And the, the dragon kid's like, no, I'm not going to take a draw. And, of course, he beats him. And in the end, he's like, I offered him a way out, Dad. And it's like, what the fuck? You <laughs> offered him a way out in a chess match? Like, you're supposed to win a chess match. That's the point of the chess match. And this movie had such a bad message because the real message is, the real message of, of sports and chess and games is, instead of killing someone in real life with aggression, we sublimate the aggression into a sport or a contest where you kill someone symbolically. I'll kill you in fantasy football like I'm doing in our fantasy football league. But you're not actually going to die from that. So then you like get over the disappointment of having to pay that 100 bucks, which almost certainly, unless I have another collapse like I did in baseball, you're going to have to pay me. Um, and you get over it. And you're like, ah, that makes me mad. I had to pay less 100 bucks. That's the point of competition is to, is to crush somebody symbolically. And then the person, if they want to grow, will be like, ah, I'm going to deal with the disappointment of losing. Either I'll quit this because I don't like this anymore or I'll try harder and beat them. That's your choice. And the message of this movie was hurting someone's feelings in a chess game, even like the supervillain guy who was beating everybody, is, is ruthless. It's, it's, it's not decent. Okay, so I was 11 when this came out. I remember liking it, but I mean, whatever. I've not seen it since. And here's the funny part is you're, you're shitting all over it. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, 100% on the critics. Audience score 80, 86, but... Oh, the critics love it because critics are not tomatoes. critics. That are, is, they believe wow. in that religion. They believe in that religion. They thought this was a subtle point that, you know, the father and the coach wanted to be ruthless, but the mom and the kid, they realized these decency matters. Decency matters yeah. in I chess. For that. And, and, and you, could, you should be very nice. You know, I mean, I, I don't think you should be rude to people afterward or, you know, not be respectful. But on the board, on the field, on the, on the chess board, you got to be ruthless because that's the game. That's what brings out the best is the hardest trying to win. And then you shake hands, you say, oh, it was a tough match, good game. You know, but that's it. You know, you don't, you don't offer him a draw when you have a one. Are you, are you crazy to be co-champ? That's the worst message ever. It's, the, it's mediocrity as a, you know, mediocrity, it, it's a way of like, nobody should have, be great. There should be no greatness in society. It's too hurtful to the people who can't do it. And Sasha's school, she, She's really good at math, right? But it's not just her, but she's good at math. So she gets this first grade math that she takes home, and it's like 8 plus 6, 15 plus 5, you know? And this is first grade stuff, and we've been over like way, way, you know, exponents and fractions and all this stuff. And I said to the teacher, you know, this is kind of a waste of her time. Do you mind giving her something a little harder? She's just, just bored with it. And she's like, no problem, no problem, uh, totally. And then nothing happened, so I asked her again. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to do it. And I get it. They have this COVID shit to deal with. And they didn't do it. So then I'm like, all right, that's kind of annoying. It's a private school. Like, you pay for it. It's not as expensive as one in the States, but expensive for here. And then it turns out all the other parents, Heather's on this, like, parents group, most of them are complaining, too, about it being too easy. Because, of course, they're in third grade. It's first grade math they're doing. So the school, apparently there's just a couple kids that are struggling with with the easy stuff. And so the school is basically like just limiting everybody from learning anything because they don't want to hurt the feelings of a couple of kids instead of saying, you know what? It's all right. You're struggling with this. You guys do this. We're going to give them that. There's no shame in that. You'll, you'll get it, but just stay with this. It's not, it's not a problem not to be good at something. If you're upset about it, then be upset about it, but it's not something wrong with you. You're just going to learn it and you'll catch up or you'll be great at something else. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't even matter if you're great at it. But instead of just telling them the truth and having them get over the disappointment of that, they're trying to make everybody mediocre. It's, it's a sickness. It's a sickness. And this is the society. You know, let's optimize for this sort of generalized outcome equality rather than not optimize for shit. Let's everybody let them pursue excellence, but give people a, start, a, a chance. If you want to do something, you can. That, you know, there's opportunities for people. 
for everybody, making choices and striving for excellence and, and an ecosystem that rewards excellence. I don't mean this fake bullshit excellence like the guy who went to Harvard, had a kid who gets into Harvard, and then he gets the job at the bank because his dad knows three people and he makes all this money. That's fake excellence. I'm not talking about that bullshit. I'm talking about people who are actually good at stuff. And they come from all levels of society. And it and used to be, especially in the U.S., Europe is a little more class, stuck in class divisions, that people could, there was a lot of mobility, you know, at least 70, 80 years ago, class mobility, where people could grow up poor and, and make money and, and find callings, vocations that they found satisfying. I mean, there was more of that. And, and I don't want to get too deep into the Fed printing money and the rich just sort of making money off of assets and, and, and people earning wages just unable to get out of it. But there, it, it's gone that way. Anyway, it's philosophy of like mediocrity and, and not encouraging excellence. Is, it's gross. And that movie was... So, so the moral of the story is you were a nutless monkey in your twenties. I was because I liked the movie. I was like, this, I was brainwashed. Like that's what you don't realize, and that's why you have to have compassion for other people and, and empathy. Because I see these people; a lot of them are younger than me, and they believe all this shit. And I'm like, dude, how the fuck can you believe this shit? You're fucking brainwashed. But then I'm like, I was fucking brainwashed too. You know, I probably still am in a lot of ways. Like, there's probably things in like five years. I'm like, holy shit, I can't even believe I was saying that. You know, like Bitcoin. Remember when we liked that? I'm kidding. We'll go there. I, I, um, I hope not. It's possible, but I hope not. Um, I, I have a friend who loves chess and regularly watches Magnus Carlsen matches, I guess they're right. called. But um, yeah, anyway, that, that's amusing to me that that, uh, that old film got you that, that upset. But I, I can see I'm why. my kid, you know? It's, it's like just it's more irritating that 100% that all the, the NLM critics fell for that hook, line, sinker. I mean, it's irritating that you bring it up now, but I, but the thing is that it doesn't, if I think about it, it doesn't surprise me. The fact was, I liked it, you know? So I was in that same mindset of like, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, these are just kids. You don't want to hurt his feelings. It's like, dude, it's a fucking game. (laughs) You got to learn to lose in a game as a kid, the younger, the better, you know, that's the kind of, in the karate kid he was getting his ass kicked by teenagers like it was like real harm he was suffering he was like having broken bones or injuries you know whatever bruises bones like that's something that that's a different thing but this is like oh you lost in chess you tried really hard Fucking learn to deal with that <laughs> all right yeah what was your other one that was it. I think that was really it. That was a. So uh, you'd be happy to know that during this podcast recording right now, I've, I've been text messaging asking, where's this week's pod? Someone is, someone is curious. There is one out there. Nice. Nice. So be, be Chrysalis, as you alluded to, I just wanted to, A, I actually wrote these as notes. I'm like, dude, how sick does Ronald Jones and DeAndre Swift look right now? Like those guys could He's be. on my bench legit. though. And be, I'm just saying, I'm just saying like yeah. moving forward, those guys could legit be two top, easily 10, two top five running back upside moving forward in the PPR. Um, but now Swift is suddenly in concussion protocol. I had that guy locked in my DFS lineups this week. That's a, that, that, that came out of nowhere here, but props to you for the foresight when you're zero RB to draft a good running back team. And, and then who do you have? Michael Thomas uh, as your receiver. I remember that. That's all. If I take right? Cook instead of Thomas, I'm definitely in like first place right now. And can, you know, like in contention, like in more serious contention, obviously OBJ in round three was so Thomas and one OBJ in three is pretty bad. Tyree kill in two was a good pick. And then I got like Mark Andrews in four and, uh, oh, and I had Pre- and I, oh, wait, no, I didn't have Prescott in that. I had, uh, I had Terry McLaurin in five. He's been fine, but not great. And I had Swift in six and, and Ronald Jones in like seven or eight. But crazy third longest run in NFL history. I definitely had four net ring tire. What a disaster. And then even after losing a fumble early too, that was right. crazy. What? It's not just about the area and say, well, it's funny because this is just like that year where you went only hitters and you like didn't get a pitcher to the 15th round and your pitching wasn't that bad. You got like Matt Boyd, you got like five guys that were actually decent pitching and your pitching was like middle of the road. And if you're hitting it just done what it was supposed to, you would have won the league. And that's how I feel. Like I did it totally right. My running backs are perfectly good enough. I had highs. Yeah, this was the year it looks like to have gone zero RB in hindsight. I was just shouting at the, at the rooftops not to do that. If I, or if I just take, you said Devontae Adams over Michael Thomas before the season. If I had done yeah. that, yeah. that's another one. Devontae missed a couple of games, but still him, Dalvin Cook, either of those two guys would have been even Derrick Henry would have been perfectly fine. 
Yeah. No doubt. And then a couple other things, just your Giants hat. DeAndre Baker's story is so weird. Like the lawyer, prosecuting lawyers now uh, was somehow getting prosecuted. He's getting charged, so the charges are dropped on Baker. That's certainly a weird story. And then your, uh, what is it, the offensive line coach got oh, yeah. fist with Joe Judge? I mean, that, does that look like that really did happen, right? Or is that, or is that, just, was that just BS? Did that happen or not? There was an unsourced report, right? A guy says, sources tell me this happened, and he did get fired. Mark Kaloa got fired. So, I mean, something happened. And then a couple other sources completely said, you know, no, this did not happen. That's totally false. But, like, you know, these guys carry water for the organization. So who knows, right, what really happened? I don't know. But the only reason why I'm going to say I'm not going to believe it happened is because the guy saying it did happen didn't get specific enough, right? So, like, you need to show evidence of uh, affirmative evidence. And just the hearsay isn't enough for me. So even though I would think that those – uh, more prominent beat writers would carry water and like make it go away. I would need to see a, a more specific. The guy who told me was this guy, and he's a legit guy. But it reminds me of the I was saying this on the radio. Uh, Tony Soprano and Bobby Bacala, when Bobby was married to you know Janice, and you know Janice is like the worst person in the world. But Tony was like just mean spiritedly, just savaging Janice, like insulting her in the worst way. And Bobby stands up to fight, and they get into a fight. They're wasted, and he kicks Tony's ass. But Tony's like super not okay with that. He thinks he's right. okay with it. He's like, "You won fair and square." And then like he starts stewing yeah. on it, and then he has to like beat up that jacked guy in front of everybody just to show that he's not soft. Right. And then he right. finally makes Bobby uh, go and kill somebody on a hit. Who when he had never done that, he had never had that on his conscience before. But he so he punishes him that way. Right. And I was thinking that's the, that's what happened. You know, they he kicked his ass, so he had to be fired. <laughs> No doubt. No, that's what I definitely am fully believing. That's the way it went. Went down. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go over these lines quickly, dude. Yeah, I'm okay. trying to go quick. Okay. We were three and two last week, but it's just uh, with that Monday night game, I thought we were on the right side. I didn't get to watch much of that, but no, nah, uh, no, nah, we were we were definitely on the wrong side. Yeah, clearly. And, and don't ever watch that game ever. Yeah. All right, Cardinals plus three at Seahawks. Everyone took the Seahawks. I took the Cardinals. Come on, man. The, the Seahawks have one good player. They have two good players. Three. Lockett, Metcalf, and Russell. Yeah, this will, this game will already have happened by the time people listen to this. So I'm not going. I've already said enough dumb things. So I, I took the Seahawks minus three, but uh, when I sent it to you, I said I want Arizona if it's plus three and a half. So right. that's how on the fence I was. Okay, right. fifty-seven and a half though. I mean, have fun in your uh, if you uh, standalone DFS game or something. But that should be a high scoring. Tyler Lockett banged up though. It's an interesting interesting variable. Yeah. All right. Eagles plus three and a half at Browns. We all took the Eagles. I don't feel strongly. It just seemed like three and a half is just enough. Yeah. Same, same with me. It's the the other one. I said, if it's three and a half, give me Brown. So yeah, close one for me. Falcons plus five at saints. Uh, I took the saints. You took the Falcons. Falcons have been better since they fired Quinn, but Jameis looked horrible, but I think he'll be okay. And I just think they're better all around in at home. Um, yeah, I took, I took the Falcons on this. They've actually defended the run better. Camara's banged up, but I don't know. Who knows what's the quarterback, how they're going to play. That's a tough one for me also, but I took the points. Lions plus one and a half at Panthers. Everybody took the Panthers. This is to me exactly the right line. And I have very little, uh, to say about it. Yeah. I don't even know anything about Walker who looks like he's now going to be quarterback in Carolina. So oh, is that actually, is, is Bridgewater out? Yeah, it looks like he's unlikely to play. Oh, well, now, no. now I wish I had the Lions getting uh, one and a half. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay, Patriots minus two at Texans. I made the Patriots my best bet. I was the only one who took them. I think they're going to win this game. They're going to come up with a game plan, and they're going to slow down Watson and Cam. That ugly offense is going to get it done. Yeah, I won't. I won't uh, fight you on this, but I did. Uh, I took the Texans here, but yeah, they, they did get it done in that monsoon. Um, yeah, it's hard to, to feel confident about Houston and the coaching staff, so we'll, we'll push back on you. Steelers minus 10 at Jaguars. I made it Steelers minus 9.5, so I got the Jaguars, but that's about how strongly I feel about it. The more I think about this is I will actually push to use this. So let's take the points here. There's no – Pittsburgh is – is they're more likely to lose this game than to win. Don't they play on Thanksgiving against the Ravens? Like they're so due for another, a letdown game here, and they're on the road. They Their offense isn't even like Roethlisberger, Connor. It's not even that great. So yeah. I take the points here big time. All right, good. I, I'll take – I'll do it. Uh, Roethlisberger looks so sluggish. Like he's throwing fine, but he moves like an old man. All right, Bengals plus one and a half at football team. We both took the football team. I don't really feel strongly about it, though. 
Yeah, me neither. That's another. That's a, a toss up. Alex Smith, pretty pretty wild throwing for three hundred and ninety yards and not having one completion go for like more than twenty six or something something like that. Yeah, it's not ideal. Uh, Titans plus six and a half at Ravens. I like the Titans. I think it's too many points. I think these teams are close to equal. Yeah, if you want to use it, that, that that's fine. Although, um, I mean, I could see this like a spot where Jackson gets right, kind of. But oh, that's a Tennessee team. Too many points. I'm with you. Okay, so we got Pats, Jaguars, Titans. Packers plus two and a half at Colts. I kind of like the Colts. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't like them last Thursday night, but they got a, an extra couple days off. And I just think that's going on four downs, smashing it into the Packers soft defense. I think it's a good setup for the Colts. Yeah, me too. I like this setup. But yeah, what a disaster. The running backs fantasy situation there. But um, yep, I'm with you here with the Colts too. Cowboys plus seven and a half at Vikings. Both took the Cowboys. I, I kind of just think they're going to, play a decent game after that Steelers game getting Andy Dalton back yeah if it's seven and a half I consider it but I guess maybe Minnesota's just super legit going in there and that desperate Chicago and giving up a, a kick return touchdown and still dominating so maybe they're just the real deal despite losing both their star edge rushers um yeah I took the points up okay Dolphins minus three and a half and Broncos I took the Dolphins you took the Broncos always bet the Dolphins it's very, <laughs> it's very simple don't think yeah, about and it. They, yeah, they just keep defensive scoring. I keep going against them, and I keep backing the, the Broncos and keep losing, so I just had to stay here. But this is this is a why in the world would you would you back Denver here? Just go with the Dolphins until it runs out of gas. Uh, okay, and then Jets plus 8.5 at Chargers. Got to love the Chargers. You know, you got, uh, you got Joe Flacco playing again. I know he played well against the Pats, but come on. This is the game the Chargers smashed. They finally let loose on somebody. Yeah, I took the points, but this is already up to nine and a half and even 10 in some places. So you uh, appear to be on the right side. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll fight back there for the Jets and, and, and Gase and, and Flacco here. OK, Chiefs minus seven at Raiders. I'm the only one who took the Raiders. I get it. Chiefs lost. They're going to pull out all the stops. It's a big division game to salt this away. Going to run up the score. Andy Reid off the bye. I get it. But mm-hmm. but the Raiders are good and they're getting seven at home. This is a huge line against a good team at home. Yeah, I, I get the Raiders wrong every week, so I stuck with it and even made the Chiefs my, my best bet. I, there's so many narratives. You just said a couple, but also I think they, they irritated the Chiefs with some bus-ish after they, they won last game, which knocked me out of Survivor in Kansas City. They did some some irritating uh, victory lap afterward. Who knows if that, that anecdotal stuff matters. But I laid the wood here indoors with the way Mahomes is playing, uh, I think, the Chiefs roll. All right, and then uh, last game is Rams plus 3.5 at Bucks. You took the Bucks, I took the Rams. I'm not as strong on this as some. I, I think the Rams' defense is pretty good. Bucks have been a little exploited, and uh, but Goff sucks. I don't know. It's just, oh, I don't feel strongly about that one. Yeah. I, I had to look to see even what I which one I picked on this one. Yeah, the, these are two of the three teams allowing the fewest yards per play. It's, it's yet the over under is still nearly fifty. So that's a, that is actually the toughest. Yeah, that's a tough one for me. This one. This one. All right. So it's be pretty easy. So we're definitely taking the Jaguars, Patriots titans if, they, if cowboys are seven and a half i like i like getting the seven and a half what do you think fine we'll take the cowboys and how about the colts sure all right you don't yeah. care to fight for the chiefs no i don't care if you, you're on the raiders on that one it's fine i'm That'll not be, that strong on it though i would i would give it up i don't really care okay well, well, well let me um we'll, there's, we'll there's no tomorrow's the, xm show that's it there's no tomorrow yeah, i know there's no i know there's no tomorrow xm show but i'll shoot you an email and pull up the lines and okay. we'll uh, we'll solidify the five we'll solidify the two wins no, we got three last week. I, I feel right. we overshot, obviously. Anything else before we uh, put this one away? No, man. Uh, good times. Uh, yeah, hope all is uh, well. And uh, yeah, yeah glad, glad to hear your mom's all right, man. Yeah, appreciate it, Liz. Thanks, man. All right, take it easy, Don. All right, later.